with Adrianosaurus, the coach of Rapanorama. It's the final round of the year. Um, a lot of us play head-to-head and we couldn't give a rats really, unless you kind of do a bit of both. You'd like to finish well overall. Uh, and there's some people that don't play head-to-heads at all and are absolutely gunning for their best overall finish. I'm sure even if you do play head-to-heads, you like to finish as strong as you can. Um, the final round has come and gone. We're still waiting on the very final update, but it looks like it's all finished. I have calmed down since last night. I'm, I'm really quite annoyed. Um, the scoring this year has been the worst it's ever been. But I'll get to that because I want to start on the positive things. Um, but I'm here and I'm recording it during the day. I had, couldn't go with last night's one because I was way too positive. I was happy that some common sense had prevailed in the scoring. Um, but, you know, I, I can't release that one. I'm having to go with a, a new one this morning where I'm you know, continuing on with my unhappy <laughs> Ado. Um, but look, the good things. Uh, I am somebody who plays in cash leagues and there's awards for overall prize money. I was in five um, of those this week that I was in the hunt for the top overall finish and some really good money. Um, I got four out of five, which is fantastic. The one I lost was my actual league, the Adrianosaurus Cup. It was won by the great man, Brandon Savage, who has had a terrific year. He got a nice um, final round score as well, had very good depth in his team, whereas I was only... um, you know, 17 bare bones this week, which I was happy enough with that I could put out a 17. I know a lot of people out there couldn't even do that, which, you know, that just happens every year because we get mass restings. I think this week was probably better than we expected because we were worried about players like Heinz and Drinkwater and Holmes. Um, we know we lost the Panthers, but we thought the Roosters um, and Souths might rest some people, whether that worked out for them or not. Um, playing all their guns is yet to be seen. I thought we've already seen a few go down, so I'm sure they're probably counting the cost of that. But um, it wasn't as bad as we thought. Um, we, you know, if you're like me and you were out of trades, losing Targo, May, all people had Appy, people had Kick-Ow, uh, that hurt because I was hoping for one of them out there. And I guess the jury's still out on whether it was a wise thing for the Panthers to rest their entire team. Um, I personally, and I mean, hey, I'm not premiership winning coach, am I? I think it was wrong. Uh, in the cases of some of them, um, Taylor May recently had time out of the game. Luai has had big time out of the game. Only came back for one round and then he's getting a rest again. I don't know if that's good business. Um, on the surface, I don't think so. Um, you know, if James Fisher-Harris, he had two weeks off suspended. and was chomping at the bit to get back in. Um, and then they give him a week off the week after. Of course, it makes sense with Yo, Appy, um, you know, and, and a lot of the guys who have had big, big years, probably Toto carrying, looks like he's been carrying an injury. Um, Targo's had a big year. Um, you know, but I don't agree with all of them. And, and you know... I think that's one of those age-old um, debates whether going in with momentum, i.e. Souths and um, the the Chooks, is the way to go. And, you know, the Cowboys went full strength as well. So did the Sharks. Whether that is beneficial to you or whether this resting, I think we're going to find out. We're going to find out if the mass resting, a whole team of resting um, is going to work out. Um, the finals are set. I reckon they're absolutely ripping finals. Obviously, I'm a Canberra Raiders fan. Up the milk. Um, and we've made it into eighth. I really, I called that a few weeks ago when I was looking at the draw home. I was like, look, the Raiders have every opportunity to get into this eight if they play the final rounds uh, well, because they had a nice draw. I think they're in good form too. So we don't mind playing Melbourne. We don't mind playing Melbourne in Melbourne. Um, I think the turnaround's a bit rough. We played on a Sunday and then they get us at the first game on the Saturday. Um, but that's just the NRL for you, isn't it? You know, they don't give a f- flying toss about the Raiders. Um, but they're some ripping games. The old Western Derby there, Parramatta has knocked off the Penrith Panthers um, twice this year. 
Uh, and it, they're in form, I think, the last couple of weeks, Power. I think they're professional, um, and I don't think they have any fears of Penrith. We're going to see the difference between um, a, a team that's gone in with momentum versus a team versus, uh, who's rested in this game. And I, I wouldn't put it past either of those two teams. The Raiders upsetting the Melbourne Storm. Of course, the Melbourne Storm are favourites. I think a lot of it hinges on whether Hughes plays, to, in my view. If Hughes doesn't play... I'm going to tip the Raiders. I think they'll get them done because I think Melbourne is shot without Hughes. Um, and Parramatta, on their day, I mean, they beat them twice this year. Um, it, they can flop for sure, and I think Penrith deserving favourites at home, but I wouldn't put it past Par- uh, the Parramatta Eels to knock them off uh, as well. And we know that Penrith Panthers, um, you know, they did they lose the last year's get first game as well, and then they went the long route as well um, to the to the GF and win. Um, we have uh, the Cronulla Sharks versus the Cowboys. I really think that the Cowboys... I think they've got more in them. Um, I think they're strong defensively, and I think their attack is better. Um, the home ground is a huge, huge advantage, I think, in that. If it was at um, Queensland Country Bank, I would have tipped the Cowboys for sure. Um, and as it stands now, it's going to be Cronulla. They've the well-deserved um, second spot on the ladder, and I'm glad they got their home final. That's a big advantage. Um, so they'll go in favourites, but I'm going to be tempted to tip the cows in this. Um, I've got a lot of Sharks fa- friends, and I like to tease them and say out in straight sets. So, But I think that that one could go either way. I think that's one of the tougher ones to pick in the week. I think Penrith are deserved st- you know, pretty strong favourites. Not hugely strong, but pretty strong and I think Melbourne's pretty enough a pretty much strong enough um, favoritism over the Raiders but this one Sharks versus Cows could go either way um, and then that last one is an absolute humdinger um, the uh, old rivalry between South Sydney Rabbitohs and the Sydney Roosters is going to be a ripper um, <clears throat> there's some doubts over some players we know that Cam Murray he's had a few cat ones went out in that first minute which wasn't great for super coach was it um, but he's in doubt obviously Havili copped a, a HIA as well um, we had Manu which is a huge loss um, go down with the calf I don't think he's going to be right for the <laughs> finals um, we had J- Jared Warrior Hargraves injured there on the bench I think Verrill's copped an injury so you know maybe those coaches are regretting playing um you know their big big guns but we'll have to wait and see eh um how the teams line up for this week and it's going to be a humdinger um look it looked like the chooks were in control for most of that game but i think they started to fade you know because they've played they had a hard road home and there was a chance of missing the eight but they've won i think it's eight games or, or whatever in a row now it's a tough road to keep on winning in elimination finals all the way to the grand final and maybe they run out of puff but look souths are probably in the same boat um I think the healthier club might just win it. Um, and But it's going to be an absolute ripper. I think every single game in this <clears throat> first week of semis is going to be um, really great viewing, and I really look forward to it. Um, now, let's go to the negatives. Um, three things I think that Supercoach needs to change for next year. This is the final round. Um, you know, I've finished on a 1,216, and I'm absolutely livid. Um let me point out the scoring this year has been the worst it's ever been since we've been playing super coach. You all are probably listening there in your headphones going, yeah, I agree. I hope you are because it is the worst it's ever been. One of the things that was more um, interesting to me about super coach versus fantasy was I thought that fantasy was just too simple. You know, it was just too simple on try assists and the sc- there was a, lo- a lot less things that they scored points on and it was just less interesting to me. Um, and I always liked that um, Supercoach was more purist. They they could see what who the try assist was. They know what a line break is. They have offloads and ineffective and, and effective, um, you know, and I, I just preferred the more complex um, scoring and I just felt like it was a, a lot more accurate to what we are actually watching in the game. That has been something that's gone down the gurgler this year, in my opinion. Um, We are giving try assists to centres who just catch and pass um, and do nothing to put on a try. It's not an assist what these... 
I reckon eight out of ten centers are doing. Um, there are the occasions where they do something amazing. They run forward, they draw in a player, they tackle, you know, tap on. Um, they could do something amazing, but we are giving way too many try assists now just to last touch. It doesn't necessarily have to be a center. It can be just the person who delivers the last pass when they do nothing to contribute to they to, to do only that, the pass to contribute to the try. And these amazing plays by a half inside like Cody Walker who goes and takes it in deep into the line, gets smashed by two blokes and then does an enormous cutout pass. Then it goes to the center who just catch and passes it because all the work's done on the inside of them. Um, And then these guys, Cody's like limping back to his thing. Everyone's slapping him on the back and that's four points as a contribution. And the center's getting a try assist. I'll tell you who the try assist is. It's the one who I couldn't see myself standing in their back line or in their in their team and, and doing what they did. And I can deliver a catch and shovel on catch and pass when all the work's been done on the inside of me. Taking it to the line, getting smashed by two blokes and then doing a cutout, I don't think I could do that bit. I could do the catch and pass because that's bloody easy and that has nothing to do with the try. You know, the, all the work's been done on the inside of them. Now, my opinion on um, last pass, which is centers, because there's a lot of winger tries and it's going to be centers or maybe if they cut it out, it could be a, you know, a six or a, or a, or a second rower. Um, they should all fundamentally start as a try contribution in the scorer's minds. They always start as a try contribution because they are not the assist in at least 7 out of 10 of them. All right, so let's go with the majority. 7 out of 10 times, it's usually the work done by somebody on the inside, the poor old Cody's, the poor old drink waters, or the, you know, the Cleary's, or the high, you know, the ones that are going and taking it into the line deep, getting smashed, drawing players, you know, um, they're the ones that are drawing the eyes of the defenders who are panicking about them. They're sending multiple blokes out of them. That's who's creating the overlap. They're the one putting on the try. And they're getting four points for it. This was what Supercoach was better at in the past. They knew who the try assist was. Now, I'm talking, yes, about Val Holmes and Drinkwater this week. Originally, the first try for the Cowboys... Drinkwater takes it to the line, beautifully gets smashed, does a cutout pass, gets it out to Val, who shovels it onto the winger, try. <coughs> Excuse me. They gave it to Val. They gave Val the try assist. It's not a try assist. I just gave you the explanation of why it's not. I could be I could be the Val in that play. I could not be the Drinkwater. Drinkwater absolutely laid it on a platter for Val Holmes, who just shoveled on the pass to the winger. They incorrect somebody in head office. Oh, yeah, Fox Sports, Vapor Media, whatever. You know, he's, he's watching that going, that's a try assist to Val. Nobody who watches Rugby League thinks that that is an assist by Val Holmes. It's not. None of the players from the Cowboys are going up and slapping Val on the backside going, well, great play, mate. They are going to congratulate Drinkwater, the guy who took it to the line, got smashed by two blokes, but managed to shovel an, a, a cutout pass out to the centre. He's the one that laid on that try. Um, they gave it to, oh, and I say, you know, Val's been kissed on the dick this year a lot. Um, and, you know, he is. They watch that, and anybody who's watching that does not think that the try assist is for Val. Everyone thinks it's a drink water try assist. I mean, many chat groups, everyone's like, that's ridiculous, so they gave that to Val. That's been the case a lot this year. I've complained about Cody Walker, who does these sublime... Cody Walker does... He's a natural footballer, does these sublime, beautiful moves on the inside, absolutely wrecking defence lines. Um, and he's getting four points sometimes because it's going to a centre or whatever who just chimes in with a, a basic run-of-the-mill catch and pass. Now, I think they all need to start as a try contribution and then work back from there. These inside guys are the try assist, and Supercoach used to know that. This year, the scoring is not recognized. That's why Cody's had such a shit year. Not because... Now, Cody, when Latrell's been in the team, he's been much better, of course. There was that period where he wasn't in the team, and Cody was actually shit. But he has been dudded more than anybody on in, in the game this year, as far as Supercoach goes, um, because he's not getting any recognition for the amazing work he's done on the inside. Um, Val Holmes, is, he's, I, I reckon there's been no overscored player more than Val Holmes uh, this year. You know, probably Hines as well. Um, you know, but he's, I mean, if that's, that's just, he's got 133 points this week. 
And a line break assist and try assist is not his. He still tons up. You don't need to go over the top. And the game, we never used to see this in Supercoach. This year is when it's happened. You know, um, all of them, all last passes should start as a try contribution. You go back and you have a look and you're like, oh, he went and drew in a player there and, and did a nice, beautiful pass. He had all quick hands or it was a beautiful tap on or a tackle broke and pass. Look for something in the last pass that makes it not a try contribution if you want to give it a try assist. Otherwise, they all start as a try contribution and they go through as a try contribution. Seven out of 10 times, it's going to be the inside bloke that does it. And I think if they start looking at it like that, they're going to be much, much more efficient and consistent. We have these subjective calls and it's absolutely fucked super coach because we saw in this instance here, originally on the night, they give it to Val incorrectly for a basic little pass, uh, catch and pass when all the work's done, been done before by Drinkwater, who it's, I don't know about you, if you played with halves, but it took a lot of courage for them to go and take it into the line and get absolutely whacked, which is what happened to Drinkwater. Um, But then on updates, it goes away from Val. They take it off Val and it goes back to Drinkwater. And I'm like, hallelujah, hallelujah. Like the super coach that we know and love. Um, It's, they've done the right thing because Drinkwater, like, Dog's balls. It's, it sticks out like dog's balls. He absolutely put that try on and deserved that try assist, line break assist. I've had people message me going, oh, Rob, Val. And I was explaining to them the same thing I'm explaining to you now, going it was just wrong that they gave it to him in the first place. Drinkwater deserved that, and he got it, and it's justice, and it's right that he got it in this update. But here's Supercoach 2022. Somebody's gone and done a review of that game. They obviously watched the play and thought to themselves, well, that's obviously um, a drink water try assist, not a Val. The right thing. And they've made the update where it's given it back to uh, drink water. But then we've had the third update. So originally scored as a try assist, then taken off as a try assist, and then they go and give it back to Val. There's the problem with our game. It's if it's that subjective that you can score. If even if they did the first update and it stayed with Val, that would have been better because they are wrong, and I've explained why they're wrong. They're wrong, but at least they stuck to being wrong and they didn't go and waffle between one and the other. You can't get it wrong, then change it, and then change it back again. The scoring is whack. Now, you know how about this? There was a player that went up sixty points. Tyson Frizzell, in an update, went up 60 points. How badly are they scoring it live? You say to me, oh, it doesn't matter as long as they get it right in the end. Well, they're not. And the Val Holmes and Drinkwater proves it. Um, Tyson Frizzell, live scored as a whatever, and then goes up 60 points in an update. How, how bad are they scoring these live games, if that's going to happen? The other week, we had Joe Tuppany uh, get a try assist, you know, Papali gets a line break, runs it downfield, um, gets the offload to Tapani, who ta- does a tap on for the try. Pick one or the other to give the try assist to. I know normally it goes to the line break. Maybe you thought that, you know, there was enough that happened after that line break. And you give him the line break um, and try contribution. You give the try assist to tap- Tapani. I don't care. You can't give them to both of them. It's never happened in Supercoach. Sometimes they do it with a kick. The kicker gets it and the person who jumps for the bomb gets it, who does a tap back or whatever, those ones, that makes logical sense. This one here where it's just no kick occurs, it's the first time it's ever happened in Supercoach. Come on. We got this, and this 60-pointer, this double try assist to the two front rowers, this Val Holmes, that sort of stuff's been going on all year. These are things that have happened in the last couple of weeks. So it gives you an idea of how bad the scoring has been next uh, this year. Now, it's the worst it's ever been. It's, this is the worst year of Supercoach I've ever played in. Um, the scoring is absolutely all over the place. You know, that's the thing, because what gets scored as a try assist or a line break one week is not given the next week. You, someone does a kick and regather, they give it to one person in one week, and then another one doesn't get it, which looks equally as much of a kick and regather. Where's the consistency? 
too much subjective calls and that's what's ruined NRL there's the bunkers jumping in on everything you hear the bunker describing things that are not actually happening and you're like what the hell is he looking at oh he's got all these extra cameras well we're watching it on the TV it's clearly a strip and he's like no stripping action you're like there is mate I can see it on what the view, view footage I've got um they are doing in score updates and they're reviewing these games, the subjective calls, they're not going, they don't have a feel for the game because nobody could watch that and think that Val Holmes is the try assist there. He's the last pass and he's a try contribution. He contributed to the try with that simple basic pass and the assist was done by Drinkwater. Nobody could watch it and and think otherwise. That's one thing that needs to change. Get rid of Vapor Media sort it out and just for consistency go off the actual nrl then you know scrap try contribution just go line break assist try assist keep simplify it make it so that we can actually it's consistent and doesn't waffle between one and the other constantly every week you watch it and you've got no bloody idea you win you might be winning a head-to-head by 40 points and then on the final update happens and you lose by 60 you know it's crazy absolutely crazy this year they've gotten too cute they've gotten too good big for their britches there's too many subjectives and we've gone and become more like fantasy sports where last touch gets the try assist and it's ridiculous and you're implementing um you know people lose lost head-to-heads because tapani got that try assist and i don't think he should have got it i think it should have just stayed with joe uh, papaliti the first time ever that they decide to give it to two people you know without the kick and it costs people head-to-heads um, you know, yeah, sure, it's only a game. A, we, a lot of us play cash leagues and stuff. We've got things riding on it. And, you know, in my view, if something's going to be fun, um, a game, it's got to be fun. And it's not fun when it's inconsistent. You know, it's got to be fair. And I don't think it's fair because of these subjective calls. Um, and, and, you know, it's got to be consistent. You know, that's I'll play a game if that's what it's got in it. And I don't think that, oh, I think it's fun 50% of the time. I don't think that it's consistent. And I don't think that it's fair. Um, the way that we get updates, we go into the Sunday second game and all we've got is the Friday games update. And that's fine. But it's not like that week to week. Sometimes you get updates. The Friday ones are done by the first game on Saturday. Sometimes you got you haven't even got the Thursday game updated by Sunday. They need to get it consistent because it's an unfair advantage. Some weeks, people who VC loop or get a VC score on a Thursday or Friday, if they get an update by the Saturday, they can make a decision. The next week, someone who's waiting on a Thursday game on Sunday, they're like, oh, I don't know if I should loop Munster because he still hasn't updated ridiculous and you know what's going on they review a game and watch it and then that's not they that was the practice review that was the practice review now they're going to do the real one because on that third one we have wild swings again like the um you know the tyson frizzell 60 they need to get a different more consistent more streamlined scoring system because this year the subjectives you're worse than the bunker the scoring is worse than the bunker in nrl you've gone and made it too you got too tricky for your own good and it's it's not working um now i've ranted enough on this hell how many minutes am i 22 minutes of ranting in this is what you get this week as the last podcast for ado um the scoring is fucked it's absolutely fucked. And I, someone commented, you know, on, on the old socials there, oh, you know, they get you win some, you lose some, and it all evens out in the wash. Not this year. I mean, in the past, I probably were because, you know, eight out of ten times I felt like they watched it and gave it um, the right try assist to the right person. And this year I reckon five out of ten of them are wrong. Well, seven out of ten are, are wrong. So it's not even a pass mark. They're not even a 50%. This year I give the scoring a four out of ten. Um, and it hasn't all evened out in the wash. It's been terrible. <clears throat> oh, I need a drink of beverage because I've just... 22, 23 minutes of rant. <laughs> now, number two. <clears throat> you need absolutely... Sangster, you need to make two competitions. You can't have head-to-head and overall um, in the same format where people are trying to play both of them. Um Last year, I I was a head-to-head player who just sort of tried to do as well as I could in overall as well, and I won six head-to-heads, you know, because I'm a head-to-head player. I save trades. I trump people at the end because I I save trades. 
Um, and this year, I won two of them. It was much, much harder to balance, but I won a lot of overalls because I had a bigger focus on it. They are very, very different games. The strategy is completely different. Anyone who plays head-to-head does not give a rat's about overall generally because um, they'll, they don't care about the buys. Um, for them, it's about conserving trades and um, you know getting themselves to those finals. And the strategy when you're playing somebody in a head-to-head, like having... Um, trades up your sleeve to trump them and get over the top of them, um, you know, or to match them, um, you know, to tr- change your updated trades. There's much, much more um, strategies involved um, in being an actual head-to-head player. Um, and overall, is a different competition. We've got draft. As far as I'm concerned, head-to-head is a competition just like draft. The strategy is completely different to overall. Um, make the head-to-head competition, you know, that, that has nothing to do with the overall prize money. Let people play overall all separately um i'll play both of them happily i will because i love to play head-to-head and i love to play overall i find it frustrating to try to play both of them at once and have my cake and eat it too and it makes the game less fun this year i couldn't do well in both of them you know i won my overall leagues i won four out of five and i won two head-to-head cash leagues so i've got to fail in one in order to succeed in the other you got to just split it. People have been asking for it for years and years and years. And in the back end in code, it isn't hard um, to do. You know, it's not hard to do. Um, well, there's number two. So we, we've got to get a, a scoring overhaul. And, you know, we've got to um, separate the games. And number three, I really think um, we've got to have some... I know that people send through and go, oh, Tommy... Uh, you know, gets that update or he gets the unicorns or Heinz gets the unicorns because Sangster's got him as captain. Well, I'm actually calling for something like that. And I know it's weird for me to say that. Um, Whatever scoring they're using, there's got to be an executive order. There's got to be two people at the Daily Telegraph or whatever. Get a staff member that can review all the try assists for the week. You know, who knows super coach, knows um, what we are looking for, I don't know what's going on in uh, Fox Sports when they think that, that that's not a try assist to Val Holmes. Nobody who watches Rugby League thinks that's a try assist to Val Holmes. We, I don't think that Sangster or Rob Sutherland would watch that try and say that Val Holmes is that try assist. If you were looking at it from last touch, then let's just become last touch then. So the, the argument's taken away from it. Or have some executive orders in there. You know, even after lockout, we saw Munster get his 40-20 or something. They've got executive powers. They can go and change things. How many try assists are there in a week? Even, all right, let's leave the basic stuff to them, like line breaks or whatever. Um, But the contentious stuff is 12 points versus 4 points. You know, you can't dispute a try. That's easy to work out. But it's this try assist that we're seeing this year. I reckon they're only getting 3 out of 10 right. Have someone in there that reviews all of the try assists for the year. And I don't care, Mr. Big Daddy. He he goes and reviews all the try assists every week because they've got the eye for super coaching and how it's relevant to our game. They're not making, you know, last touch. We're not a last touch game. And they go and adjust it. If they go look through those try, first try for the Cowboys, they're giving that try assist to drink water. And in the past, when Cody Walker goes and gets absolutely smacked by two people because he's bamboozling the defense and then does he does it, I've seen him do a double cutout and, and get four points for it. No executive big daddy reviewer is not going to watch a lot of those tries and say it's the center who just catches on to the winger because Cody's done a sublime play on the inside. They're going to say Cody's got it. And I don't think most people who play super coach are going to disagree with it. Of course, lots of people own Val. So they're like, I'm happy. You know, Val was captained by a lot of people, so they're happy. But there's some people out there that captain Drinkwater, and they're pissed off because they know that what they saw. They saw that it was uh, taken, digging into the line, getting hit by two people, uh, delivering a beautiful pass, laying it on a platter. They want the points for Drinkwater. So each week, how many tries this are there? Just have someone in there, two people. Have a little panel of your own at the, at the Daily Tally who, you know, whatever, Sangster, Sutherland, you know, and get someone else in there who just watches a, a grab, have a staff member in there that gives you the grab of all the try assists for the week. Wherever you are, Sangster, they send them to you and you go, that's the try assist for blah. I could look at every single try assist this week and I'm, I reckon I could give you the try assist and the try contribution and I don't think I could go to, to the next person 
Sangster, and I think he'd probably come up pretty much the same. We need a panel who can actually make common sense decisions because this year it's been so inconsistent. This week it's foul, but next week when it's um, a less owned, you know, Ramian, it's going to go to the inside guy. And that just shows that they've got um, agenda. And then they get sucked into this is the year of Val and he's a popular player because that is the only thing. Yes, I'm saying it's cheating and negligent because there is no way anyone could watch that and think that it's um, Val. You know, so get a get a panel in there at the Daily Telegraph that looks at tries this each week. Let's get a, somebody who's the auditor. We need a bunker, <laughs> the super coach bunker that goes and reviews the tries this each week and who they've given them to, because we need to obviously ch- we need to edit a lot of the cha- the, the tries that are being going through because they're wrong. They're wrong. We've become like fantasy, and it's too last such. Thirty minutes of a podcast, um, whinging. There you go, and that's the final one of the year. I finished on two. Oh, what did I finish on? Uh, <laughs> because I'm t- uh, one thousand two hundred and sixteen. I've lost the points off uh, Drinkwater, who's lost twenty odd points because it went back to Val, and it's an absolute disgrace. I've complained about scoring a lot this year, and it feels like it's just fair that that's what happens to me in the last round. Hasn't cost me any of my overall wins, but. It's the principle. And I think the game needs to do a few things next year <laughs> to fix it. Um, while we're on the subject of next year, we've obviously got um, teams, uh, well, a team coming into the NRL. It's going to make Supercoach a little bit interesting next year. There's going to be a team on a bye every year. Um, what does that say to me? I mean, I don't know what's going to change in the rules, but I think um, gone are the days of carrying nuffs. You cannot give up a value position, valuable position like or even two, three. Sometimes we go enough heavy. I'm enough enough heavy player because I play head to head, and you'll you'll see head to head players don't care about playing nuffs um, because they just got to win. They're going to get a good seventeen um, each week. Um, but I think next year you're going to need every scrap of your playing roster um, because each week there's going to be a buy. And um, look, let's just say you've got Angus Crichton, you've got Joey Manu, and you've got Teddy. Um, you get a bye one week and it's the Roosters. You lose three players out of your team. Go and have a look at your team this week. Take three players out. See how you look. Let's let's go and throw a couple of other scenarios in there. You've got an injury to one player who's only a one week, so you don't want to trade him out. There's your fourth player. And you've got somebody who copped a one-week suspension. There's your fifth player. Go take five players out of your team and see how you look. Um you're going to need every scrap of your roster. Um, you probably cannot have too many players from one team. You can't stack your team. You know, I had um, three Panthers at the end, but I know some people that had five Panthers. Um, you might be able to do that. You know, if the Panthers are out on a five and then you've got an injury for one week and you've got a suspension, there's seven players off your roster. So just from the outside looking in, I really think that they're going to probably have to look at extending the squad size, um, I think, because we're going to have a buy every week. It's going to be hard to manage, um, you know, and that's the thing. That's week one while you've got the Roosters. And then the next week, you know, when you've got, um, you know, whatever, uh, Melbourne Storm, it's going to be hard to do back to back to back um, each, you know, week. It's going to be too many moving parts. I think that we should get Hooker up to three spots. I think we should get halves up to three spots. I think we should get fullbacks up to three spots. Those um, spots in our team that have a limited spot, only two spots, give an extra one to them um, and we get an extra few players to play with. And we can have a combination, obviously, in there that allows us to sit one when we've got buys. I really think that that's a common sense thing to do. Um, over the years, you know, yeah, some of us have had to run when we've lost both of our fullbacks or whatever, you know. And um, I think that extra spot in there would make it a little bit easy. It's got to be. It's got to be on the plate. Um, obviously, we talk about trades this year. I think it was. I've lasted longer than I've ever lasted with trades having the boosts available. Um, with um, teams on the buy, I mean, we saw this year that they were loathed to make um, too many changes. They only gave us some extra boost. That was the only change that they made. I think it's silly if the game itself, the game that this is modelled off, and this is the game that we're playing Supercoach for, changes in a big way, i.e. adding in another team, uh, and Supercoach doesn't 
change. They have to change. Um, just in a mathematical sense, they've got to change. And I hear some people going, oh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, I gave you the scenario. You got three from one team. You got an injury. You got a suspension. Take five. Nobody's nobody is in easy street when you lose five players from your team. So there will have to be changes, whether it's trades. And I think if, if they don't add in an extra hooker and an extra half and an extra fullback, I think it's got to be a reasonable amount of trades. Um, I most of us ran out of trades this year. You know, most of us ran out of trades this year. So, um, look, it was easier, I think, with the bonuses, you know, the, the boosts. Um, but we ran out. <laughs> so, uh, I think next year it's got to be a number more than the boosts. Or I reckon the smartest thing would be to add in positions to those limited positions on there. Um, all right. Um, the things that I covered there, I, I think par was probably about 1,200 and 1,250. I'm going to probably lose a couple of spots now. I was hoping to hold my rank. I'm sitting at 200 and something, I think. Where am I? Where are you, Ado, for the year? Um, let's go. I'm clicking on it. 241 is my rank for the year, which is my best finish overall, actually. Um, but uh, I'm probably going to see a couple of red arrows, unfortunately, because drink water was absolutely getting ripped off. Um, I talked about the Panthers resting their entire team. Um, we also had Cook out with COVID. Um, he's going to be right for the next uh, week's game. Um, that's a big in for the Rabbitohs in their big uh, match. Um, Suwali was out with the shoulder. I'm, I don't know if he's going to be right for next week. Wait for team issues. Not that we're playing super coach, but just from an NRL point of view. Um, and Hughes was out with the calf. I think um, us Raiders fans are hoping that that's more than a one-week injury. Um and he doesn't play because I really think the Melbourne Storm look a lot worse than um, when he's in the team. Um, the Bunnies and the Chooks, they played their guns. And was it worth it? We had Manu out with the calf, Murray with the HIA. He's got to be in doubt um, through the protocols with a couple of bad HIAs. Verils, um, we had Havili, JWH, um, as well, um, I don't know uh, if there was any other injuries. I think that um, the Raiders got out okay. I think that the Sharks got out okay. Um, we're going to lose some jewels next year. I was in a chat where they were talking about players that are going to lose um, jewel, most likely. I know it's a long look forward to next year, but probably worth getting into your head. Um you know, some of these ones that are going to probably lose Jewel. Um, it looks like IPAP. He's been, what a treat it's been having IPAP available in the front row for the last couple of years. Eh? He's been an absolute weapon. He's a top scoring front row and second row this year. I think he's going to be second row forward only next year, which is huge. Um, we're going to probably lose it off Hines. He's not going to be fullback. It's been such a treat this year. Um, he's played this whole year in the half halves this year, um, and he'll probably play all of his uh, year in the halves next year. He'll probably be named to start there for the start of the year. Um and I reckon he's probably going to be half only. Um, Drinkwater probably loses 5'8". He hasn't played any 5'8 this year. He's a fullback only. Holmes, he's going to lose fullback. He's in the centres now. Um, they don't even put him at fullback when Drinkwater or whatever's out. Um, they play the hammer there. So um, Cotter, he's going to lose ho hooker. He's played a bit of front row, though. So maybe he's a front row, second row forward. That'll be good because we're going to lose IPAP. Um, and I think if we get um, Cotter, that's probably a nice, you know, payback, you know. <laughs> um, Targo's going to lose his second row forward. Played all of his time in the centres this year. Dewey, um, I think he's going to lose centre. I think they're going to keep him as a um, half. Um Furmore, he didn't play any centre this year. He's been an absolute weapon. I think he's been their player of the year. Um, he's not going to be centre. He played all of his uh, games in second row forward. Um, Sam Walker and Keary, I think they're going to probably, you know, are they going to just be one or the other? I don't think they're going to be dual because they obviously started the year incorrectly trying to switch them. I don't know why. I can't get my head around why, and I never never will. Um, but they switched them back, and that was a good thing. Um, maybe they just go back to one of, you know, Sam Walker loses his 5'8", and Kiri loses his halfback. Um, maybe some of them keep it, like um, Manu and Garrick, possibly. Um, you know, the thing for Garrick is that he's in the team of a highly injured, made-of-glass Tommy Turbo, and he's first choice to go to fullback, obviously, when um, that happens. Um, and Manu plays a number of games 
in a year, um, you know, in fullback as a first choice as well. Um, Aiken, you know, where are these Redcliffe Dolphins going to use Aiken? I really like him in the second row, personally. I think they're pretty stacked. Well, stacked with old blokes, but stacked in the forwards. Um, so he might be just centre wing only. You know, we'll have to wait and see. Um, the good, bad, and ugly from the games, the final one of the year, the Eels versus the Storm, 22-14. to 14. The Eels got the job done, and they t- took that top four spot. It's a huge advantage. Um, I don't think the Eels will hold any fears of the Penrith Panthers in the Western Derby either. Um, the good for me was Harry Grant, um, 40.1%. Um, finished on a 93. Um, plenty of tackles, and he got a try. Um, 1,140 people brought him in. It was a smart move. Um, also, Munster, um, 42.9. I think he had an opportunity to take this game by the scruff of the neck, Munster. Um, and, and look, the Storm lost. I think that's why he didn't quite take it by the scruff of the neck. Um, he was really involved... Um, and busy out there, but he made a lot of mistakes. Um, 14% of his people, uh, how luxurious is your team? 14% who sat him. Um, other good scores in there, Dylan Brown, he's had a sensational year. He's going to be good for the Kiwis in the old uh, World Cup. Um, Gutho, look, I'm putting a 69 in there, um, but it's the last round and you'll take just under a 70, won't you, in a hard matchup. Um, Nofo, um, been a good move for the West Tigers. I reckon it's been good for him and for the Melbourne Storm. 76 was good. Um, Meany, because I'm giving out 69s, he can have a, um, a good as well. Um, the bads for me. Uh, Lane, uh, 7.9%. He has been an absolute weapon this year. Um, 55 points. That's a bit harsh, Ado. Um, but he wasn't as damaging. Um, 273 people brought him in. It wasn't probably the best matchup, I reckon, to bring him in, but you'll take a 55. Not the worst, is it? Um, look, I put IPAP in there. 59.5%. We're just talking about him being awesome and maybe losing Jewel. 49 he was on when I wrote those notes, but he updated to 61, which isn't a bad score. 175 brought him in, and that's par for the front row, which is probably where we've all got him. Maddo, 8.2% was bad. 40 points. He wasn't very damaging. Um, you know, off the bench, you know, he's been good. And I, and I go, well, how's he doing it? But he's got a good work rate when he goes on off the bench. Um, 33% of his owners sat him. Luxury. Um, Nelson was ugly, 4.4%, finished on a 40. Um, oh, no, that was Nelson. Uh, Maddo, oh, he, oh, he, 66 people brought him in, um, and I thought he had low minutes. Um, Nelson was the not as damaging one, and 33% sat. Um, 40 points, not the worst, but he wasn't as damaging in this game. They seemed to go and give him a bit of a whack, the old um, eels, and took, took care of him pretty well. Um, Coates, he had a pretty awful game from what I saw. Fish on a 12. Um, 73% of his owners played him as well. I didn't think this was a great matchup for Coates. Um, and he's got a real, real low one in him, hasn't he? I don't know. And I was never been on Coates this year. I know he went on a run at one point, but he was awful in this game, 12 points. Um, Marnie, 34%. Um, look, he was average. Um, 75% of his owners played him. Look, uh, and that's it. You, you compare him to Grant, you need three Marnies to get to a Grant score. Um, hasn't been a great end to the year. I just think that Cook and... Um, Brand uh, just so far ahead. And I know a couple of players that went that double gun hooker um, route. I had Robson and Grant. And I was happy enough with both of them. Um, but, you know, each to their own, eh? Um, and I don't think it's worked out for you Marnie owners. Um, on to the next game. Oh, the Seagulls. Haven't they had an absolute wretched <laughs> since the Jersey thing? I know they're saying it's all squared away and they're fine. But, uh, wow, it was it was a bad end to the year for them. Unceremoniously got done in the last game by the Dogs, 21-20. to 20. The good for me was DCE, um, 10%. Um, he finished on 108 after updates. I said to people a few weeks ago when he had a couple of low ones in him that will just offload him, get rid of him. They're doing sort of low percentage trades. I said, just hold him. He's going to have a ton in him. The run isn't terribly hard on the on the way home, and he will. He see he'll when their backs are to the wall, he'll get a ton. I think he scored well against the Raiders as well as um you know, and he's come into this last game scored 108. He really tried hard. 53 percent of his owners benched him. I would have played him against the Dogs personally. I know it hasn't been great, so you know maybe you thought they were going to capitulate. They kind of lost the game, but DCE 108. 
you know, I, I would have tipped it. I would have tipped it this week. Um, other good scores, Marty Tepau, 89. Ola was good with a 75. He's been a bit up and down since Jersey Yate, but he finished the year the way that we've had him for most of the year. Um, Braden Burns was good with an 87. Sipley in the front row with a 74. And I just wanted to put a mention in there, Max King, one of the cheapies of the year, I think. Max, you had Maxie King in your third front row spot, and although a lot of people that had him in their second front row spot, he'll jag you 50 or 60 most weeks and he gave you a nice little 67 um to finish the year when people's numbers were down and um well well done to you max king um the bads for me tpj five percent look he updated to 57 which isn't too bad i just wrote down that he looked like he's having a good game to me and a good game for him seems to be 57 this uh year and i don't know how jazzed i am to own him for super coach purposes anymore. Um, Jeremy Marshall King, 2%. Um, 34, looks like he's ready for the Dolphins. Um, he got a HIA, I think, in that game. 61% of people brought him in. I mean, what the hell? Oh, oh it's the wrong bloody thing. It's going to... I mean, why are you bringing Jeremy Marshall King in? Bring a Robson Grant, you know, there was better choices. But, you know, you had to go for it. Maybe you're a Dogs fan. Uh, Ugly was Burton, 10.1%, 20 points. Uh, He he looks like he's always going to have low ones in him. You know, to me, um, he had a sort of purple patch this year, um, but he's, you know, he's got some low ones in him. 63% of his owners played him. The Fox, ugly, 6.6%, finished on a 12. Imagine if you were running out there with Coates and uh, Fox for their upside. Well, if there's no upside, that's the kind of score that you get. 90% of people played him too. No good. Um, the Chooks versus the Bunnies, it was a great game, but we'll have to wait and see where the play and all their stars was wise. The good for me is Angus Crichton, 19.8%, 115 points from Angus. He's a weapon. Um, you know, to end the year, we got a 160 out of him in this 115. I think Angus hit his straps as the season went on. Right from origin onwards, I was sort of like, um, I'd be happy to own Angus. Um, I never brought him in, though because I was you know, limited on trades. But he's one that I reckon um, finished the year pretty well. Other good scores in there. Butcher, he's been pretty good on and off um, towards the end of the year once he jagged good minutes in the second row, 100 points. Milne was good with a 98. Keary, well, he downdated to 68. Um, oh, Teddy was also one of my goods, a 43.9%. Fish on a 96 I was so scared about Hines and Drinkwater or Holmes. You know, other captain options, maybe getting an early shower. I think Hines did get a couple of minutes early shower. Um, But those are the two people that I was probably going to captain. Um, So Teddy was obviously, because uh, Drinkwater got robbed, finished a bit better than him. uh, And I think he finished a little bit um, under uh, on Hines. So it wasn't that bad. I VC looped him because I was already getting an AE because I was short in the centers um, and I had to play tall. So I just looped and was like, well, if Teddy, he's going to probably update near 100 and I'll just lock in the points um, just to hold on in my cash head-to-head uh, overall leagues and it worked for me. Um, moving on to the uh bads um sam walker 7.2 percent fish on a 56 um but i'm you know that's a bit harsh ado but he that's including a try and 20 in goals so outside of that stuff he pretty much did nothing old sammy walker um kaloa matangi 13 percent uh finish on a 48 um it was nearly much much better because he was so close to scoring a try 90 percent of his owners played him um Manu, well, he's a bad. Um, He did get injured, but he was pretty quiet before that. Um, Manu, not at his damaging best, 42. Uh, AJ is an ugly, 17.5%. He's had such a good year, AJ. Um, 23 points, 94% of his owners played him, but there was no tries, and that's the kind of score you're going to get. Trell, I think he flopped in this game, Uh, 32.4. Fish on a 45, he's an elite fullback. He had a brain explosion and got binned. Um, And I think every time they put up kicks and stuff, they were chasing in numbers and smashing him. Um, And he didn't have a very good game, in my opinion. Um, He'll probably be fired up for next week, I tell you. He'll probably have a brain explosion and get sent off, knowing Trell. At least he's here for finals this year, eh? On to the Warriors versus the Titans. I said neither of these teams should be proud. Holbrook shouldn't be proud. And, uh, you know, poor old Warriors, eh? They flopped at the end of the game. Um, The good for me is Firmo, 12.4%. Updated 20 points. 
good live scoring there, scorers, um, to 107. He has been the Titans player of the year, in my opinion. Um, and look, if you'd have just held him through the medium times where he was getting 40s, you could have held firmer all year. I think that's one of the takeaways I'll take from this year is not to panic trade. You know, and rage trade some players when they're scoring well enough. Um, and Furmore has come good. He's been their best player, I think, this year. Um, AJ Brimson, 90. Campbell, um, I really thought he had a pretty average game. But he finished on a 92. Um, Curran was good with a 70. Tino has been really good this year for Supercoach. Got a bit of an offload and a bit of tackle break in him this year. 70 points. Dan, Dan, uh, DWZ with a 69. Um Bads for me were Aitken, um, 7.9%. Fish on a 46. It's not the worst. Um, 29% of his owners sat him. A 75 would have been nice, wouldn't it? Um, Walsh with a 50. Um, he looked lively until he went off injured. He's trying to get back on the field too by getting on the old walkie-talkie and that. Maybe he wasn't as injured as he was making out. Um, but if you got a full game out of him, I think you're on for a, a pretty good score. It's unfortunate that he went off. Uh, and the ugly for me, David Fafita, 13.3%, 42 points. Um, look, every time they give him the ball, um, he's flat-footed. He did play a lot of decoy running in this game. I hate when they're playing him like that. Um, and Coach took him off when the game was in the balance um, with 20 to go. Um, and look, they ended up winning, didn't they? So he'll probably pat himself on the back and say that he manages David Fafita perfectly. I don't know if I'm going to be keen to own David Fafita next year. I know his school average has been okay, um, but it's just such a bloody nervous watch, watching him in the way that... Not while Holbrook's the coach. I'm never... I'm, I'm putting him on the list. Um, 30, 42 points this week. Um, on to the Dragons versus the Broncos. The Broncos... That is the shit the bed of all shit the beds. Um, up in top four and then with uh, six weeks to go or whatever, just absolutely unceremoniously fell out of the finals. It's good for us Raiders fans. Um, 22 to 12 for the Dragons. The good for me was um, Jack Bird, 88 points. It was a solid game. 26% of his owners sat him, and I don't know why you would. I really playing up against his old club at home, um, and he's been good. Um other good scores, Fei, Fei, try of the year. He busted through like nine tackles. He's probably he finished on eighty six. They probably came all in that one run. Um, ben Hunt, I think he's locked in a Dally M seventy six points. Walters was good seventy five. Hoyter was good with a seventy three, and Cody Ramsey with a seventy one were the good scores in there. Bad for me was A Ray. They needed to win this game, and he's a um, their marquee man. 47 points. Um, he hasn't been that great towards the end of the year, much like the Broncos. 39% of his owners sat him, and it was probably a good move. Um, Amon, 10.1%, 35. Oh, man, this game is updated, hasn't it? I didn't have the updated scores. But anyway, no tries, no huge score from him. Uh, Corey Oates, let me go. I'll go in and give you the proper scores. Um, Corey Oates, he stunk it up with a 37, no good. Um, Stag sucked like he has all year, basically 27 points. He's got to be close to people's never never again list, I'm sure. Uh, and I put Piacora in there 13 because he was a late call-up and he's 6% owned. People had him just there as enough for the whole year thinking that he might have got some game time and he got it in the last round and scored you 13 points. So if you're looking at a loop, you would have got a, you know, a bit of an average old AE in Piacora. You 6%. Um, On to the Cows versus the Panthers. The good for me was Val. Um, look, I... Hate saying it. Look, he had a ripping game. Let's put it that way. He scored three tries, um, kicked a lot of goals. The thing is, is that you've given him a try assist that he doesn't deserve and a line break assist that he doesn't deserve. This is part of what's wrong with Supercoach because I'm going to report on a good score for um, a drink water. And there's people out there that captain drink water that deserved 20 extra points. Or 40, because they would have had him as captain. Um, and we've just got to get it so that it's scored correctly and it's not correct by giving it to Holmes. First, he goes, he's 140. Then he's down to 117, rightly. Then he's back up to 133 because we just can't make our minds up when we do the updates. First, we watch it and we think it's, you know, we think it's him. Then we watch it and we see the better. We see the error of our ways and we give it to the right person. Oh, hang on. No, I changed my mind again. And we think it's him. Come on, what's wrong with the scoring? Um, 
He was a good. He had a good game. Uh, Robson, what a weapon he's been. Um, 108 points from Robson. Um, Drinkwater was good. He should have had his 109 in the first update. What did he end up finishing on? 81. It's totally ripped off. Um, Tuolagi was good with a 77. Um, oh, I'm not giving anyone else in their goods. Um, let's have a look at the bads for the game. Um, I'm going to say Cotter um, with a 46. Um, he looked like he got better minutes because obviously they arrested Jason Tamalolo. He's the most rested 40-minute player you'll ever see. Um, but I, I thought for the minutes, probably just a little bit of attack, like a tackle break and line break. He's been sort of had that about him this year, um, and he's been you know, a bit better than that. Um, Nanai, 41, no tries, no big score for Nanai. Luciano with a 38, not the greatest. And my ugly for the week um, is going to be Jason Tamalolo. Um, went off early in the piece after his first did never came back on again. I don't know. I mean, look, they finished third on the ladder. Um, it's a bit harsh to cr- criticise them. Um, they have got pretty good depth in the forwards as well when they're all healthy. So he's been getting rests. Um, it's a worry, <laughs> you know, um, for next year while Peyton's the coach just because of the minutes, you know, and... It was an unceremonious end of the year for Lolo minutes-wise. Look, I think that on overall, it's probably a good thing what the coach is doing, but I wouldn't have Lolo in my top five this year for 13s in the game. Put it that way. So I don't think it's enhanced. Maybe in the long term, it's enhanced Lolo's game because he got a restful year this year. But me personally, I would have been ramping him up for finals because if you get him firing in the finals, the cows are probably going to have a better chance of going a long, long way. Um, but anyway, there you go. Uh, those Oh, and a Sean O'Sullivan. He is 1.9%. He was one of the only Panthers that survived, um, but it was a tough old gig with the youngsters in there, wasn't it? Um, onward to the Sharks versus the Newcastle Knights. My good was Britton Nakora. He has really been a nice pod. Koloa Matangi, Nakora, um, Hudson Young, um, did I cover that game? The Ra- oh, no, that's the last one. Um, so, you know, he's been a good pod for people in the run home, scoring quite well. Multiple tries in there for him this week. Three tries, um, 122 points. Well done to you, Supercoach. 183 people brought him in. I wish I had trades. I probably would have brought him in uh, for sure. I started the year with him, but he didn't. He was a late end of the year person, not a start of the year person. Nico Hines, 95, got his little standard update. Um, he was probably... He was the highest captain of the week. You'll take 95. Um, Lockie Miller was good with an 88. Um, so was Tex Hoy in his last game before going overseas um, with an 86. Looked quite busy. Um, Dominic Young looks pretty good um, as well on their wing. 80 points. Um, you know, my bads uh, are going to be um, Talakai. This game was made for him to give us something back because he's been absolutely wretched since... I mean, he only had three good games this year. Um, got himself... He fooled even the origin coach, A, eh? because he's had three games this year, which were good. Newcastle, um, Melbourne, and Manly were his good games, and he's been wretched ever since. Um, he finished the year 41, 59, 25, 54, 38. You know what that says to me? Talakai is officially on my never again list. I can't believe I keep getting fooled into it and I'm not going to have him for super coach anymore ever again. I don't care if he's 175,000. I'm not having him ever again. Uh, Ramian 49 points. So it's not too bad. It's a bit harsh, though, but you know, he stinks um, without the tries. Yeah, I finished on a 53, so that's actually a bit better. Not the worst. Uh, onward to the last game, the Canberra Raiders consolidated their spot in the eight. Um, 56 to 10 over the Tigers. I said Nikora. Um, I said Kaloa Matangi. And Hudson Young um, is one of them as well. 112 points, multiple tries in there. He's a try scorer. And he's a real uber pod for people. It's been a good uh, selection um, to bring him into your teams with the Raiders soft draw home. And he finished the year well. I, you know, this is every year I write notes for myself when I review my year. And I'm saying, Adrian, you should keep um, trades. That's why they need to separate the game. Head-to-head and overall a very different games. Uh, and, you know, I would have loved to have had a trade in there to um, bring in one of these guns for hire in these last rounds. But I ran out a few weeks ago. My last trade was Sam Walker in. Um, but I think um, it was a good move by people to bring him in. Um, Jordan Rapata, 85, was good. 
Josh Papali'i with an 82 was good. And Jamal Fogarty was good with an 81. Oh, Savage was pretty good with a 73. Chris good with a 70. So obviously with this 56 points, there's going to be a bit of joy for people. Um, also over the other side, I thought Dane Laurie had a very good game. Uh, he finished with a 77, which was good. Um, the bads for me, um, they're going to be Joe O. There's a period in the year where people sort of pod went um, Joe O and he was in a purple patch. Hopefully you moved him on. He's still 10% owned, isn't he? So um, it hasn't been the best end to the year for him. Well, I mean, the last few weeks has been pretty good, hasn't it? 76, 67, 56, 59. So it was just the last round of the year. It was poo. They got hammered, so fair enough, I guess. Um, I'm going to throw Adam Elliott in there with a 56. Not the worst, um, but there was a period in the year where he was getting much better scores than that. And same with Tuppany. Obviously, they're managing his minutes with the rib um, 59. It's not quite up in that 75s you know, type score that um, we've been seeing from him as well. Um, Ugly says, not really. I mean, look, it's poor old Starling. He gets limited minutes off the bench and he's still, you know, owned by 3% of people. Um, and unfortunately, it's terrible scoring as well. Uh, you know, I mean, some people took a floater on Luke Garner uh, off to the Panthers next year. He's only 1% owned, um, but I don't know what percent played him. Uh, it wasn't a good game for the Tigers, and he didn't really have a good uh, last game for the Tigers either. That's the games. I've gone for a tick under an hour. I was going to go and uh, I was going to do – I've already pre-recorded giving out my positional awards of the year. They're my opinions of why – I have many reasons why I think it's the hooker of the year. It'd be very easy just to go, oh, it's Harry Grant. He's the highest averaging or blah, got the most total points. But I have my reason for why I've given it to someone uh, versus someone else. But I've already gone too long because I had a bit of a rant at the start. So I've had to change the plan. I'll probably do two more podcasts post-season. I'll do one where I give out my awards for the year. Maybe I'll do it in one podcast, give out my positional awards for the year um, and go over my year uh, in review, how I went for the year, what I did well, what I didn't do well, what are my top takeaways from this year into next year. It's going to be hard to sort of um, speculate on next year because the game could be very different. Like I said, I really think um, the way to cover buys is to um, extend out those halfback you know, the, the short positions and give us a bit, maybe a couple more trades. I think that'll solve it. Two simple things that they could do. Um, But we don't know. We don't know. Call me up, Sangster, if you want, and I'll give you my tips. I don't know if they do that. I'm sure they do get some personalities from the Supercoach world who talk and think about Supercoach to come in and chat with them. Um, give me a call, mate. I'll give you some bloody pointers. Um <laughs> I mean that in a nice way. Um, but I'll do another podcast where I sort of do the year in review and give out my positional awards. Thanks for listening, guys. I've calmed down today. I don't, it doesn't make it right, though. It's still wrong. Um, and I think they've got to do some things to fix up this bloody subjective and nonsense worst scoring year ever. Um, but I am calm enough to record. Sorry I had a bit of a tantrum. Um, you know, but that's the kind of person I am. I run hot on the old. I like to play a game that I know the rules and I know how it's going to be scored. And that's not been the case this year. So it frustrates me. Thanks for listening, guys. I'll talk to you uh, whenever, whenever I release this next podcast. And thanks for your year. Everybody, all of you fantastic listeners out there, I appreciate it. I hope that you've enjoyed my... Oh, look, I do have a rant. I am honest. I'm raw. Uh, you know, I hope that it's been a different podcast to a lot of the podcasts you hear out there because I don't try to do big production value, great, you know, awesome sounding things and get sponsorship and all of that crap. I do my podcast and I just be honest and I give you my honest opinions. I've had lots of beautiful, lovely messages, hundreds and hundreds of them actually, thanking me for this year and telling me that my advice has got them to their best finish ever, that they've won their head-to-head -head leagues, that they um, have had such a fun year and done the best they've ever done. So that's what makes it worthwhile to me. I like to help people with super coach. Um, and I'm glad because most people, you know, no one's going to message me going, oh, you gave me shit advice and, uh, well, I had the worst year I've ever had. They've all said good things. And I really appreciate, um, I really appreciate it. Abe. It's been a great year and I've appreciated it um, a lot. So thanks for listening. All right, this song's going out to you, Alex. I couldn't do the one you wanted because I have a sore voice and my ears are blocked. So I just went with one that I can manage. Last show of the year. Good friend of the show, Alex. This is for you, buddy.
Me and all my friends were all misunderstood. They say we stand for nothing, and there's no way we ever could. Now we see everything is going wrong with the world and those who lead it. We just feel like we don't have the means to rise above and beat it. So we keep on waiting, We're waiting on the world to change. Keep on waiting, waiting on the world to change. It's hard to beat the system when we're standing at a distance. So we keep waiting, waiting on the world to change. Now if we had the power to bring our neighbors home from war, they would never miss the Christmas no more Ribbons on the door When you trust your television What you get is what you got Cause when they own the information Oh, they can bend it all they want That's why we're waiting We're waiting on the world to change Keep on waiting We're waiting on the world to change It's not that we don't care we just know that the fight ain't fair Keep on waiting We're waiting on the world to change Thank you guys. Much love.